Welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in to You Have a Cool Job, episode number 37. From Peterson's, I'm Taylor Sienkiewicz, and you're listening to a podcast highlighting those who took their profession in a unique direction and what they did to get there. On this week's episode of You Have a Cool Job, we focus on a person whose career centers around social goals rather than a specific industry. Coltrane Stansbury works to promote diversity and inclusion in the workplace, as well as community engagement on a local to national level. Coltrane earned his Master's of Public Policy at Rutgers University Blaustein School of Planning and Public Policy. He then began his work in policy and explained how this was a perfect jumping off point for his career. Yeah, so, you know, my career is interesting. I I have a a background in policy and um, in many ways it informs the work that I do and what I'm passionate about. You know, but I see I see my education is sort of arming me for the things that I am passionate about that I enjoy doing. Uh, I am obviously I have a formal um, education in policy analysis, but really what it did, it did you know my time spent um, in you know in, in, in at Rutgers was kind of preparing for a type of analytical thinking around problems being a good problem solver. and um, But I was already very deeply involved in the things that, I'm, that I really love to do, which are addressing issues of diversity and inclusion in communities, linking communities to uh, greater resources, um, partnering across different sectors to support residents and small businesses, initiatives that engage people around um, how to build corporate and community culture. And my background in policy really has helped me understand that from an aggregate perspective and from and what and a look at what the data tells us around where the problems really are. Um, and uh, and so although uh, uh, policy is not my passion, it's given me some of the tools to do my work better. Mm-hmm. Okay. So these passions that you do have, all of these interests that you're talking about, how have you been able to incorporate them into your work then? Yeah, I mean, you know, where I've always started with is, you know, work is work, you know, as I consider or let's just call it, you know, my career um, is I'd like to think of it as really me every day being involved and to help give back to people in ways that I've been given to and invested into in life. And so my work is an extension of my story. You know, um, it hasn't been hard for me to pick what to do in life and where to go to do it. Um, you know, I grew up as a scholarship kid, you know, in Trenton, New Jersey. Uh, one of, uh, you know, Trenton, Trenton is New Jersey's capital, was also one of New Jersey's poorest communities. Um, and uh, I grew up in the backdrop of New, Jer- of New Jersey politics in it being the capital. And my mother and father came to Trenton as um, public servants. My father is a school teacher in the public school system. My mother is a policy consultant. And so at our dining room table or on a Saturday, we were either volunteering in the community 
my mother was adopting families to help empower. My dad was teaching uh, kids during the day and helping uh, be a surrogate father to them uh, on the after in afternoons and evenings and weekends. And so uh, all we knew uh, was this lifestyle of commitment uh, so that as now a grown-up uh, armed with an education, uh, I could never think to be too far away from people um, and the idea of being a part of their empowerment process and what it's like to take on and tackle some of the larger systemic issues, knowing that at the root of them um, are people concerned about their own um, livelihoods and uh, and the issues surrounding their ability to participate in American democracy. So whether that's been me working in nonprofit or government or where I work now in corporate America, um, I'm solution-oriented around uh, communities. Coltrane touched on the various fields he has been engaged in throughout his career. I asked Coltrane how these experiences have tied together to help him achieve his goals and how he's kept these goals in the forefront of his mind. I, I laminated a card that I have in my wallet. You know, I worked, I worked for, um, at the time, Mayor Cory Booker, um, who's now Senator Booker and um, running for president. But when we worked in Newark together, and I was with him in his first term, he had. He told us he had in his wallet laminated his mission statement that he carried around with him that inspired me to create my own in my own personal mission statement that I have laminated in my wallet is to see, help see a poverty eliminated and eradicated in my lifetime. And so um, I don't really pick jobs. Um, as much as I look to do the thing that helps me achieve or get closer to achieving that personal mission statement. And working with people uh, that I consider to be my coalition that I work with and have worked with of advisors, mentors, subject matter experts, uh, employer, employers and bosses, co-workers and colleagues that I can see every day I'm working invisibly and intangibly beyond walls to co constantly create partnerships that, that matter to that mission. So where I sit every day, it might change every two years or it might change uh, in five years. Um, not because I'm dissatisfied, but I'm uncomfortable and I'm ready to do the next challenge that helps me get closer to eliminating and eradicating poverty in my lifetime. I asked Coltrane where he is at in his career now as he has turned his attention to corporate America. My job really is um, from this um, sort of platform, working at PSEG, um, being given these tools and resources to help manage their volunteer um, um, sort of push for employees. So I help mobilize our, um, you know, our, our volunteer base here in New Jersey, uh, where you know we, we try to reach all of our major co communities, not only in our market, but the whole state as well as Long Island, um, and help, helping mobilize those volunteers in such nonprofit causes, everything from animal shelters to soup kitchens to LGBTQ um, uh, um, community work um, and education. Uh, I also helped um, create this 
corporate culture or help propagate a corporate culture that's inclusive of uh, of all groups um, by ethnicity and gender, but also veterans uh, and um, sexual orientation and disability. And making sure that as a company, we uh, encourage employees who are currently here and we employ and we uh, encourage job seekers to be a part of our push toward a more diverse uh, community. Okay, that's great. Um, Coltrane, I want to back you up a little bit. So when you were going through college, is this what you imagine you would be doing is working in these different industries to help promote diversity? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, While I was in graduate school, I was actually working for my mother, who I mentioned earlier is a policy consultant in New Jersey Mm -hmm. for 30 years. I actually never knew her to work for anyone. She was always a a consultant. And what that meant when we were working together and, and actually growing up watching her in this field, being one of the few women actually working in policy and around um, community solutions um, and doing it as a small business enterprise and a women-owned business enterprise, what it meant for me was so impactful to um, be this connector. And um, and so while I was in school, I was working on policy projects and learning the policy process during the day, you know, um, in school. And during the afternoons and evenings, working in this very independent, um, you know, small think tank um, consulting firm in Trenton, helping to look at all these systemic issues in corporations and in government agencies throughout the eastern seaboard. And it was an incredible opportunity to work and and go to school and put some of my theories in school to practice at work. Uh, and so I would encourage anyone in graduate school to, um, you know, and I, I respect what people have to do to get through school in terms of work, but try to do something that's really connected to what you're going to school for, especially graduate school. I mean, all of us waited tables and delivered pizzas, you know, in undergrad, but graduate school is this unique opportunity to really link your work or the practicums or the internships that you're in or fellowships directly to what you're studying. We'll get back to Coltrane's story right after this. Are you searching for the right college, grad school, or trade school to fit your needs? Or are you studying for those entrance exams you need a good score on? Peterson's has you covered. With advanced college and scholarship search functions, test prep for everything from the SAT to the MCAT to the firefighter exams, and tons of free resources on our blog, Peterson's helps you find, get in, and pay for school, plus much more. Visit petersons.com today. And now back to the show. Coltrane is obviously passionate about the work that he does and the social equality he strives for. So I asked Coltrane to share the most satisfying moments of his career. Yeah, wow. I mean, there are tons of them. But if I, you know, if I could, if I could pick one, it would be, you know, while I was at Johnson and Johnson, I worked for and, and with Johnson and Johnson for about seven years before coming to PSCG. There was a program that the then uh, Chief Diversity Officer Anthony Carter's mentor of mine started. 
and he reached out to us as a startup organization um, contract to contract with Johnson & Johnson to start a childhood obesity initiative in classrooms throughout America that would help combat childhood obesity by getting kids up and moving in their classrooms for 10 minutes every day to exercising while immersed in a digital experience through smart boards or through um, you know uh, other projection uh, that gave them access to, to educational content while they're moving. Uh, so it's helping to get exercise, focus and attention directly related to curriculum. And um, in a winter in 2011, I was asked in this little startup organization with this little contract with Johnson & Johnson to get a thousand classrooms up and running in Houston, Atlanta, Philadelphia, and Newark, New Jersey. And in eight weeks, uh, I held hands with policymakers, with educators and teachers, with students and their parents, and started this program that created this wildfire of movement of literally students all throughout urban America and at-risk diverse communities up and moving in classrooms and taking charge of their own health and education. Um, and uh, out of that, I was, we were in special needs classrooms. We were in districts in the north, um, in Latina communities, African-American communities, um, working with um, uh, undocumented um, uh, families in, uh, in some of the, the, the most hard to reach and at risk places uh, in, in, in education. And by five years later, our children, our students, we reached over 800,000 students burning over 500 million calories. Uh, we partnered with Microsoft Health in order to get access, free access to the cloud to digitally stream this, this uh, content into our classrooms faster and more efficiently. We uh, partnered with a group called Calorie Cloud out in California and got our kids the, the calories that they were burning in classrooms. We said, wow, let's get those calories donated in the form of food cap packages to kids in sub-Saharan Africa. So in 2016 alone, our students in our urban districts of Houston, Atlanta, Philadelphia, Newark, and then we added New York City, burned enough calories to save 500 lives in, in South Sudan. And so this is something I'm most proud of. I think getting the thank you cards from uh, thousands of students over those years, reading those cards and feeling their empowerment and what this means to educate a child before they leave middle school and arm them with the tools to take charge of their own education, health, and the use of technology to do it, I think has, was incredible. And we'll see the impact of that for years to come. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's amazing. Um, Coltrane, what did it feel like for you personally and as a professional to be able to see these tangible effects of getting these cards and seeing how many calories these kids were burning and what they were learning? Well, I think the, inter the incredible thing about it is, you know, empowerment is about seeing yourself in the middle of a ladder or a wheel where you're being helped 
but you're you're given the tools and the inspiration, the passion to help someone else. So you're never at the bottom and you're never at the top. That's really the definition of how we should see ourselves in our community ecosystem. And so I was so delighted to um, to be able to help empower young people to see themselves during the calorie challenge component as, yes, we're doing this program to benefit ourselves, but we see people in another community somewhere across the Atlantic as needing our help, not 20 years from now when we get degrees and have experience and tangible wealth, but right now at age seven and nine and 13, I have the ability to come to, to, to connect with and positively impact someone through my own leadership and intention. I think that's powerful. And I think that's something that we should, especially in America, empower more youth to feel like they can give back, they can contribute, they can empower and inspire others as they're being empowered and inspired. Diversity and inclusion is a hot topic today, inspiring many young people to get involved. I asked Coltrane for his advice to up-and-coming professionals on making an impact personally and professionally. Yeah, I mean, you know, a couple of things. You know, I, you know Franklin Rames, who was the head of the um, President's Office of Management and Budget and, Fan, and Fannie Mae years ago under, um, in the Clinton administration, they asked him how, you know, what was the key to his success? And he said, you know, you know, you seem lucky in your career. And he said, well, I define luck, if there's such a word, as, you know, when preparation meets opportunity. And, you know, so some of this is, you know, is the formula of working really hard to elevate your passions through all of the different small and large platforms that you have to that give rise to your voice and your experience. Um, and so, uh, but remember, in those moments, we're not just armed with our passion, but really prepared to not just say what we want to do and what we're excited about, but to actually do something about it and engage other people in the conversation of how they can get involved. That's where preparation's opportunity. One of those for me, when I got to Johnson and Johnson, and um, I, in conversation with one of the VPs in HR, um, started talking about my passion. It led me to when running this Gateway to Healthy Communities initiative that I talked about, give a small presentation in front of the CEO and chairman and his direct reports. Well, that VP in HR, um, in just the five-minute walk over to that presentation, started talking to him about this passion, not just about the project, but my my story and my interest in life and helping young people. That led to him nominating me to do a TEDx talk at Johnson & Johnson. Johnson Johnson had then and still does have the largest TEDx community in corporate America. Um, and that one eight-minute, nine-minute TED talk that I gave um, in 2014, in February, in Philadelphia, led me to a wealth of opportunities to not just do more speeches and conversations because I was, I did get those opportunities to inspire interns and co-ops coming into the company to external conversations around leadership and community. But more importantly, it allowed me to see my career as this opportunity to leverage all that attention 
to A, bring more awareness of the issues, pull other people and other organizations into this incredible process of service, and then be given the opportunities of a lifetime in terms of career advancement that give me rise, more rise to my voice, more rise to part, to access to partnerships, more ability to do this work at a leadership level. Coltrane's TED Talk is linked in the show notes. Of course, exposure like this led to plenty of opportunities for Coltrane. He talked about his motivation to mobilize attention like this, much of which has to do with mobilizing people. Coltrane shares what he sees as the future in the next generation. You know, there, this is an, an interesting time in history with the rise of millennials as young leaders. And every generation has its young leaders that are grappling with their contribution. What I see among, um, that young people possess now more than ever is this incredible ability to not compromise values as they look at career and service. And what it is to hold institutions accountable in one way for um, their involvement and connection and commitment to helping to empower communities and people, um, but also to say what's not built and what's not created, we'll figure it out and create it ourselves. I love the energy around young entrepreneurship and entrepreneurial thinking and uh, and enterprise. And um, I think in many ways, this is the first generation that can say, um, we are being inspired by our young people um, of all stages and phases of life um, to be more millennial. And that millennial is a type of mind state and an energy and a lens that we bring to the work and the passion that we do every day. And I'm excited to every day be able to tap my inner millennial to do this work uh, at this stage of my life and career. Coltrane continuously works towards his goal of eradicating poverty and bases each career move on this goal. We hope you're inspired by Coltrane's story to find your personal mission too. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.